Thank you, thank you, thank you, South Carolina! Greetings, Nerdcasters, and welcome to our special South Carolina primary edition of the Nerdcast, where Joe Biden is moving on up. Just move on up! And Biden first started campaigning for president in 1987. As today, I announce my candidacy for president of the United States of America. Sounds so young there. And Saturday night, February 29th, 2020, some 32 and a half years later, Joe Biden won his first ever presidential primary. Just days ago, the press and the pundits had declared this candidacy dead. Now... Thanks to all of you, the heart of the Democratic Party, we've just won and we've won big because of you. Moving on up, as they say. And this was a decisive result. The exit polls showed it. So strong, the networks called Biden as the winner in South Carolina as soon as the polls closed before we had any results. Now, as we tape this, results are still coming in, but we've got Biden hovering a little bit below 50% of the vote. We've got Bernie Sanders in second place at about 20% or so. Tom Steyer in third. Pete Buttigieg and Elizabeth Warren competing for fourth place. And to help us break it all down, we've got Politico's Ryan Lizza on the line. All right. I think I'm good. It's going to help us break down four big things we learned tonight in South Carolina, how that sets up Super Tuesday, how it changes the Democratic primary, the whole shebang. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. What a night. Yeah. So where are you recording from? Uh, I'm recording from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. I just left uh, Biden's uh, victory party. All right. Uh, let's let's hit these four takeaways from tonight. Number one, let's go broad here to start. How does Biden's big win change the Democratic primary? You know, how much trouble was he in before South Carolina, and how how did he turn it around? I think it's going to have a a fairly dramatic impact. You know, obviously there was certainly there are certainly credible arguments that Bernie, considering how well he did in the first three states, could have come into South Carolina with a head of steam and knocked Biden out. That obviously did not come close to happening. And I, I think one, it, it's going to drive some people from the race. We already saw that Tom Steyer uh, uh, dropped out shortly after uh, Biden won tonight. And it's going to, you know, cause people like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and even Elizabeth Warren to uh, assess what role they now have in this race. And of course, most important, it just thrusts Biden back into the main challenger to Bernie Sanders and uh, sets up quite a dogfight for delegates that, you know, Probably, you know, if I, if I had to guess, puts us a lot closer to a, a convention where there's no actual uh, majority delegate leader. Ooh, that's that's quite a prospect. <laughs> Let's zoom in a little bit on South Carolina and the results for takeaway number two. And that's that Biden just crushed it with black voters. He won nearly two thirds of the black vote, according to exit polls. That's pushing him close to a majority uh, in the overall primary vote. And to me, it seems like the most important question going forward in the 2020 primary is whether or not he can replicate that in other states or whether there was something unique to South Carolina here, you know, maybe Jim Clyburn's endorsement or something else. 
hundred percent. That is absolutely the case. We've got, I think, about half the states on Tuesday will be southern states with large African-American populations. And so, you know, are we looking at a race similar to 2008 and even 2016 to a certain extent, where after the first few states, you, you kind of got a pretty good picture of the, of the two main candidates' uh, demographic coalitions, and you could almost predict who was going to win, you know, state by state, uh, once you'd sort of uh, run run a few races, you know, is that what we've seen here now that we have the data from 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 the four states and Biden is going to win the the states, mostly southern states with big African American populations, and 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 Sanders is is likely to be the leader in states with um, more liberal white voters. We'll certainly know a lot more after Super Tuesday. The other point I think about the African-American vote that's really interesting and has changed over time since I've been covering presidential elections is South Carolina especially, but African-Americans in general are now the moderating force within the Democratic coalition. Um, and there's been, you know, there's been a lot of data on this and a lot of political scientists looking at this in the last few years that as you know, coastal white liberals have moved further to the left – African-Americans, especially in the South, are kind of a break on the leftward lurch of the Democratic Party. Uh, They're the voters that are sort of holding back the Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders uh, wing of the party. And that is exactly what Biden was counting on in in, in this race, was sort of stopping the runaway train of of Sanders and, and the left with this Southern coalition that has a good track record in, in picking the nominee. I think South Carolina, actually, uh, the winner of South Carolina in both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, uh, is, uh, is most often uh, the nominee, better record than uh, New Hampshire. And and Iowa even so you know I think that's a there's a big there's a big ideological split that uh, breaks down by race now in the Democratic Party and Biden really benefited from that tonight. Yeah, that's a great point. Especially I, I like your point about how in recent Democratic primaries we've been able to kind of look at the early states and and basically project forward based demographically on some of those results. I think it's going to be really interesting this time because this time we've got Mike Bloomberg just kind of floating out there as this big iceberg made up of a billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of floating around in the Super Tuesday states and and who knows what all that ad spending is going to do and then also you've got uh, Sanders has looked very strong with Latino voters so far both in small pockets in Iowa and and in big numbers in Nevada yes and so um, you know that that could end up being a decisive uh, factor as well, and that's the group that he's done the you know the most uh, he's made the most inroads with since 2016. I was I was looking up this. I had forgotten that Hillary Clinton actually won Texas in 2016. Now Sanders has been polling quite well in Texas, partly due to the strength of the Latino vote. And you know, obviously, what what, what the the big question is in the next three days: how much of a boost is does this massive South Carolina victory for for Biden? How much does that do for him in states? that where Clinton beat Sanders in 2016, but where Biden was looking pretty weak uh, this time. Um, and then as you point out, you know, the Bloomberg factor, does Bloomberg in the end, does he be the, is he the person that just, you know, is a spoiler and helps Bernie Sanders win? Or does he stand down after Super Tuesday and just, just sort of go after Sanders on, on Biden's behalf? He, he has a big decision to make. Yeah, that, that'll be a very interesting one indeed. Uh, All right, let's move on to takeaway number three. 
Now, now here's a practical lesson for all of us. Uh, sometimes in life, it turns out a few hundred million dollars can get you uh, exactly nothing. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ryan, you, you, you mentioned Tom Steyer earlier. He spent more money in South Carolina than all other candidates combined. The, he's the, the lesser billionaire in the race for, uh, for, for uh, those of you not familiar. Spent more money in South Carolina than all other candidates combined. And he didn't even make the statewide threshold to win delegates. Ouch. So this is really interesting because my question is, how much of a lesson is this for Bloomberg? Steyer in two states in a row has underperformed his polls. In Nevada, the polls suggested that, you know, the polling wasn't great in Nevada, but the, to the extent to the polling that we did see suggested Steyer should have been a bigger play in, player in Nevada. He wasn't. The polling in South Carolina suggested he should have been a, a little bit higher than where he's at. Uh, I'm looking at the screen right now. It looks like he's at 12 percent, and he was polling better than that, in a, in a, if I'm not mistaken. And so does that tell us anything about Bloomberg? You know, Bloomberg's uh, in third place nationally. Is that real? Is perhaps that not as uh, as as uh, you know? Will that not translate on uh, on Super Tuesday? That's a great question. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. You know, it's tough to know. But you know, money and spending is. This is a great political. I think political scientists are going to learn a lot about uh, you know advertising and spending um, because you know in South Carolina, Biden was basically you know almost broke didn't come close to spending what Steyer did, you know, and obviously um, he, he had other built-in advantages here. But, um, you know, money, you know, money, as you point out, money can't, money cannot necessarily buy you votes. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens with this as well. I'm, I think at this point, I'm leaning a little bit more toward the idea that um, the, you know, Steyer's dropout just shows us that an ad campaign featuring Tom Steyer doesn't work very well. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but who, who knows? You know, we'll see. We'll see. From my subjective point of view, Bloomberg's ads have just been better. They they don't they certainly don't feature Mike Bloomberg as much as as uh, <laughs> yeah. as Tom Steyer's ads feature Tom Steyer, and maybe maybe that's the key. All right. Well, we'll 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 get a little more information about that in a few days. Uh, let's do takeaway number four, and let's let's zoom in close on this one on Bernie Sanders and what tonight's result means for him. You can't win them all, he said in in Virginia at his campaign event tonight. And that's true. No one does win them all. Uh, But, you know, where do you think he stands? I still think it's a very strong position despite this loss. It is. I, you know, I still think you have to you have to give give him the best chance of of anyone of uh, putting together a majority uh, uh, um, uh, or plurality of the delegates. Um, that's certainly going to be quite difficult for, for Biden to get uh, either of those. Um, he, you know, and a lot will depend on how much this blowout in South Carolina transforms the race uh, nationally and going into Super Tuesday. Um, if you talk to the Biden campaign in, in the run-up to this, you know, this is the scenario that they were looking for to a T, right? It was not, you know, not just a single digit win, but a real, real blowout in South Carolina that um, were, uh, that transforms the race because he gets three days of coverage as the, you know, three, three days of this comeback narrative. Um, and the national polls really pop for him. A place like California, where he's really trailing both Warren and Sanders. Uh, and obviously, that, those are the most delegates on Super Tuesday in California. Um, you know, so it, 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 
the scenario for them was the, a, a blowout that just resets the race and um, zooms Biden past uh, Sanders in, in, in a bunch of these states, not just the southern states with the lo- large African-American populations. So I, you know, I, I think if you're the Sanders campaign, you're going, for, you know, I was, uh, I, I was with some uh, Sanders folks recently who were talking about his, uh, you know, his, his running mate, who his running mate was going to be, you know, so the, the conversation on the left and the, and the Sanders supporters had really gotten uh, ahead of things. And um, dangerous to, to, to predict in, 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 in primaries, which are so uh, volatile. But I, 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 think the, I think the likely scenario here is a um, we end Super Tuesday with a with, with a very close delegate count that we don't ha- that there's no dominant um, candidate who the, the um, voters coalesce around. You, but you have two, um, you know, two candidates with clear weaknesses and clear strengths, and it's a dogfight. And you know, with the caveats that we have, we we still have Bloomberg in the race, and that could be uh, that's a wild card. And we don't know what Warren, Klobuchar, and Buttigieg are going to do. Yeah, a lot still to shake out for sure uh, in terms of the, the the candidates, the voters, the the calendar. It's all bearing down on us. Ryan, thanks so much for calling in to talk us through it tonight. All right, thank you. Just move on. All right, that'll do it. My thanks again to my colleague Ryan Lizza for jumping in here after the South Carolina primary. Our producer is Annie Reese. Our senior producer is Jenny Amon. And our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. Guess what? We're going to be back with you again really soon for Super Tuesday. Coming at you with another election night episode once we have a good sense of what is going on on Super Tuesday night. So keep an eye out for that. And a quick announcement on Super Tuesday, please make sure to check out Politico's new daily podcast, Dispatch, where we'll take you inside Politico for short, fast episodes under five minutes, where our reporters pull back the curtain on politics and policy. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you in a few days. So hush not, child.